You know, I love books that are kind of quirky and out there. And you think of the history of Canada when it comes to trade with, you know, the United States and even within Canada at times. There's a great new book out there uh, from Ryan Manuka, lawyer and author of Booze, Cigarettes and Constitutional Dustups: Canada's Quest for Interprovincial Free Trade. Ryan, kind enough to join me this morning. Ryan, good morning. Morning, Rob. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And I love the fact that we're going to be talking margarine today because it is a remarkable story that you were able to put into the National Post. So give me the story of Canada and the challenges with margarine. Yeah, absolutely. Margarine's a fascinating uh, issue. You know, it goes back to the mid 1800s, developed in France to sort of deal with a food shortage there. Uh, scientists put it together. It uses, I mean, if you look at the early formation of margarine, it was kind of a little messy. Um, but um, what ended up happening was in the in the debates in the 1880s, um, there were a collection of MPs who mainly came from dairying dairying ridings, and they were on a on, on, on an effort to sort of ban the substance from sale inside of Canada. And you know, some of their arguments, you know, we can go back into the Hansard debates. We had an MP from Wellington in Ontario that said, it, you know, he was very clear, detracts from the profits of agriculturalists. And then you had some others, John Wood in Brockville, he calls it a dangerous article of food. And another guy, Spruill, who said, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's better to, you know, deal with this before vested interests get into place. And so there were two ways you thought about it. It was like a consumer protection argument. Folks were getting deceived into buying margarine they thought was butter. We don't know how they're making the margarine. But then it was also underlying all this. Maybe, you know, let's protect the barriers of, of our ridings. I, I love that deceit is a part of the word because margarine is one of the, I think of all the foods that are out there, it might be one that openly admits that it's deceiving you. And it's amazing to see how this story progresses through the generations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, margarine was pretty much banned in Canada through it until 1949, so almost 70 years. And uh, there was a little brief hiatus during World War One, but for the most part, it was banned. And even after 1949, when the ban was brought down at the federal level, you still had you know Quebec and PEI still having full-blown bans in their provinces till the mid 60s. Uh, and in fact, the margarine. Um, sort of scrofuffle in Quebec extended even beyond then. And, you know, in 1987, we had Quebec prohibit colored margarine. So, you know, it had to still look white and unappetizing. It couldn't come close to what uh, the look of uh, butter had. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it, it kind of mapped onto what we were seeing in the United States, too, this, this reaction, you know, make butter as, or margarine as unpalatable as possible. Um, but yeah, it's been an intergenerational saga. I mean, it's, un, it's, it's undergone significant reformulations over the years, you know, to the point where you can't believe that it's not butter. But I have a question for you, Ryan, and this is just guy to guy. How does one get onto this kind of a topic? I mean, I get booze, I get cigarettes, but margarine for me, I mean, you got to go down some pretty significant rabbit holes, no? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the story has... <laughs> the story of interprovincial trade in Canada is fascinating, and it's, it's found in Canada's products um, that we, we buy and sell every day, goods and services. And the, the most recent, you know, with, when it comes to butter, there was a big trade battle in 2004. It was between Western Canada, you know, Canada's soybean capital, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, um, versus, versus Quebec. And it's fascinating to see that kind of battle play out. 90% of canola produced out in the three western those three western provinces and uh, they've captured 45 percent of the margarine uh, 
you know, process. You know, margarine is made up of predominantly canola versus Quebec's, you know, dairy industry, Quebec and Eastern Canada, I should say, more broadly. And it's a fascinating tale. You take butter, you take you downfill duvet cover, you take Canada's trucking. Uh, all of our products, it really shows Canada is in, you know, it's, it's, we're a federation, but we're also one that respects uh, provincial jurisdiction. And because of that, we have this clash, you know. We march behind the same flag at the uh, Olympics and wear the same uniform in terms of war. And yet it's harder to sometimes trade with our compatriots than it is with international counterparties. You talked about margarine, you talked about booze, you talked about cigarettes. In all of your studies as you were getting into, you know, authoring this, what was one outside of maybe margarine where you're kind of like, you know what, this is quirky enough to write about? <laughs> no, that's, that's a good question. I mean, the, the one is... Um, Canada's construction codes, and that's one that's very technical, very, you know, it's, there's a lot of very, very sophisticated and, and very expert uh, folks who um, are in charge of provincial and then the national regulation of codes across Canada. But small changes and small variations between two jurisdictions, whether it be in how you certify gas fitters or whether or not the HVAC systems in one province or another are they're compatible, hmm. can really make a big difference. And you know, uh, it's it's a it, you know, it's definitely not as sexy as the topic of booze and cigarettes. But Canada's construction code is one of those frontiers for interprovincial trade irritants for sure. Well, I love it. I just thought it was really great. And uh, Bianca this morning brought it up and she says, you know what, we should talk about it. And I said, absolutely. I'm always up for talking about, quote, Butter's lesser sibling. So thank you for the time today, Ryan. What a great conversation. It was a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Anytime. Ryan Minuchair, lawyer and author of, and you should check this one out, Booze, Cigarettes and Constitutional Dustups, Canada's Quest for interprovincial free trade. You know, it's it's kind of cool because when you're in school, you always think about the, the obvious ones. You know, you think about prohibition, you think about the things that were tough to get across, you know, borders. Like, even recently, I think we could talk about the, the BC-Alberta wine wars, for lack of a better phrase. But it's been going on for, like, years and generations and generations. And I didn't realize this until Bianca pointed it out, that when it came to margarine, just to circle back on this one more time, that they actually wanted people to make it more yellow so that it didn't look so much like butter, so that there was more of a differentiation between the two. It's little stuff like that that I totally get a kick out of. And that happened in Quebec uh, because, again, they were trying to protect their dairy industry. And a lot of people in the dairy industry were like, hey, man, this is really undercutting us right now. Looks just like us, kind of tastes like us and is a lot cheaper. And I think there's going to be a lot more people that go for this. But I can't even remember the last time that I've used margarine. I, like realistically, maybe I knew, did it and didn't even know it. But I mean, I'm big about the block of butter, even though it's a real pain in the you know what when you got to take it out of the wrapper. Block of butter, the last like third of it, forget about it. Hey, here's a question for you. Maybe we'll save it for another show. When you buy a block of butter, do you take it out and put it in the tray or do you just take it out as you need it from the wrapper? Because the wrapper for me is such a pain in the butt. <laughs> My grandmother used to have like a really fancy butter, what do you call that? Like a butter dish, I guess, when you put the thing on top of it, fine china. I was like, all that for a slab of butter? But now, now, I mean, you'd probably want that because what is it, like eight bucks a log or whatever it is? Anyway, and by the way, nobody calls it a log. There's no logs of butter out there.